So I want to make sure that everyone within the sound of my voice is signed up for the POSO daily brief. Simply go to humanevents.com slash POSO. You will be able to sign up. You'll get instant access to the latest news and information that we are compiling here. Stop scrolling through social media all day long, except of course for my profile. And then you'll be able to go to the Postal Daily Brief. It's so quick, delivered straight to your inbox, completely free of charge, humanevents.com slash POSO. Let's get into it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 8th, 2023, Anno Domini. It is VE Day, victory, World War II against the Axis powers. First top story today, GOP defector faction crossing the aisle to oppose E-Verify. We can talk about this. Next, a Poland subway video that I posted went completely viral for public safety and cleanliness. And finally, England has introduced voter ID this week, and apparently nobody lost their right to vote. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. El gobernador de Florida, DeSantis, está promoviendo una ley que trabajar sin papeles sea una felonía y que todas las compañías o empleadores tienen que utilizar el E-Verify. O sea, va a ser imposible a los que no tenemos papeles trabajar. O sea, básicamente imposible. No vamos a poder trabajar. Entonces me gustaría que compa mande unos 300 personas aquí de ojos blanquitos. Ciudadanos, pues todos ciudadanos que vengan a colgar chirroc. Well, 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 the House GOP is now working to put forward their new act called the Immigration and Security and Enforcement Act of 2023. I love this act. I think this act is fantastic. I think it's amazing. Wonderful act. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs was a big part of it, and it's huge. I think it's wonderful. It's, it's HR2 is the act. This act needs to be passed, needs to be passed immediately. And what is or what are some of the key provisions of this act? Shall we talk about the Border Security HR, uh, the Border Security and Enforcement Act 2023? It gets into E Verify. Okay. E, what is E Verify? E Verify is a system whereby in the new act would introduce penalties for employers who employ illegal aliens. It also requires them to verify their citizenship, which is something, by the way, if you have a job in the United States when you get hired, you have to, you already have to verify. But the problem is with Department of Homeland Security. But already, what we don't have is enforcement and penalties against the employers that allow illegal immigrants into their, into their companies. And so the problem with that is that disincentivizes the compliance with this program. And so if you are a populist, you must support this bill because support for this is very clear. It shows what side you are on. Are you for the people of this country and putting them America first? Or do you care more about the interests of large corporations and the interests of foreign citizens? That video we played for you earlier showed how people, and there was a guy on Twitter who's complaining, oh no, there's there's construction sites in, in Florida that are already, because DeSantis, Governor DeSantis down there just passed 
a similar bill in Florida. I said the construction sites are slowing down. You know, these these people, they, they can't work. And there's these one million undocumented workers. What are we ever going to do? Well, I tell you what, I, I'll tell you exactly what you can do. You can go back to your home country and you can work there. You're perfectly allowed to. Keep in mind, there's no such thing as an undocumented citizen or an undocumented person. It's not true. They're all foreign citizens. They are legal citizens of their home country. And if you are in our country illegally, that makes you a foreign national that has committed a crime and come into the United States. And we should not be in the business of rewarding people for committing crimes by allowing them to work freely in the United States. However, what's interesting, so not only would this bill, by the way, impose a fine of up to $5,000 per illegal worker that is hired by a repeat offender, but it would even introduce criminal penalties and prison time for repeat offender employers up to, oh, this is amazing, up to 18 months in jail, a year and a half in federal prison if you are a repeat offender. Here's the issue though. There are actually members of the House GOP that want to defect and go to the other side and support the liberals on this issue. Why is that? Because they care about corporations and corporate interests more than they do about the interests of American people. It's very simple. Illegal immigration, bringing these low wage workers across the border is theft from the American working class. You are stealing wages for them by artificially, I talk about this so often, by artificially putting downward pressure on their wages because you're constantly allowing these illegal low wage workers to compete with them. You're artificially inflating the pool of available labor resources and obviously people who are willing to do the same job for far less money because it's all under the table, they're doing it illegally. This is theft from the American working class. And so if you are a politician who supports this, and we're actually being told in reporting that this is the very issue that is holding up the the bill from being passed in the House GOP caucus. Why is this? Because for so long, for so long, the House GOP has been beholden to corporate interests and they have put corporate interests ahead of the interests of the people. No more. I say absolutely no more. You need to get with the program. We're going to be putting the American people first now. We're putting the American worker first now. And you're going to come here and say, oh, but what about this? What about that? No. Another thing this bill does, by the way, we're going to change the asylum laws in this country. You don't get to apply for asylum if you've come through five countries on your way to the United States. That's not how that works. That's not international law. Now, you will be blocked from entering the United States on an asylum claim if you came through a third party country first and did not apply for asylum there. That's the law under the United Nations, that's international law, and it is time for the United States to be in compliance with international law. Because once you enter the first safe country, you must apply for refugee status there. And last time I checked, that's not the issue with people coming across our southern border. If you are America first, you must support a stop to this massive influx of migrant low wage workers, illegals coming across the southern border. You must stop it. You must shut it down. And we must criminalize, criminalize those who exploit this situation and cause these perverse, toxic incentives to continue. 
Before leaving the train, please remember to take your luggage. So, uh, as you guys know, I've been here in Eastern Europe for the past couple of days uh, doing the show from here. We're visiting family. We're doing lots of stuff. And I posted a video from the Warsaw subway system because uh, as I've been gone, uh, it has come to my attention via the power of Twitter that uh, public transit and specifically the New York subway are obviously under a lot of scrutiny right now because of the situation that uh, enveloped with the insane uh, homeless person named known as Jordan Neely and the heroic efforts of a U.S. Marine, a former Marine, remember there's no such thing as an ex-Marine, a former Marine, to protect the passengers of the subway. By the way, that Marine is probably going to be charged. And when he is, we will defend him full to the hilt the same way that we defended Daniel Perry and also Kyle Rittenhouse, not because of who they are, but because we stand up for the truth around here. Anyway, I posted this video of Warsaw to show, um, yeah, there are countries in the world where it doesn't have to be that way. These mental health episodes only seem to happen in one country. And the video I posted from Poland, uh, say as, as a guy of Polish descent, that you know, people really uh, uh, got like three million views as just as of a recording this, and probably it's still going. Uh, even got written up in in a uh, a Polish uh, sort of online news outlet where, and I'll I'll read the machine translation. Jack Posobiec, an American right wing political activist, TV correspondent, and presenter, posted a short recording from the Warsaw subway on Twitter. The video was widely commented on by Americans, and a lot is written about Poland, mainly in the context of public security. Uh, it's not the first time this has happened uh, and where someone has visited Poland emphasizing the safety in our country. Last year, a French historian wrote about it, pointing out that compared to France, you can walk around the city at night without fear in Poland and you don't have to hide your phone when using public transport. Internet users under the recording notice that the Warsaw subway is clean and calm, completely different than American public transport. Some people even ironically asked if this was a normal day in the subway. You can see that Americans are used to a different normality. Even one of the Spanish commentators referred to the recording who wrote that every time he visits Warsaw, the thing that strikes him most is that there are Poles in Poland. The video is shared uh, by the American also, another American who commented that for Americans, it's a culture shock. They ride in the metro in big cities in fear because there are a lot of recordings of them being beaten up and humiliated often by the new dominant groups. They are surprised that somewhere in Europe, people in the subway feel safe, relaxed, and are just reading. It is worth getting to know the world to appreciate what we have in Poland and what we voluntarily renounce because of our own stupidity. But I guess, I guess what he's saying is that, is that in in, other, in some countries they feel like oh, it's like the grass is always greener, but you don't realize what you have until you compare yourself to another country. And by the way, some of the comments I got on this video were even saying that okay, well, all right, Poso, but you know, 
the Warsaw subway is one thing, but Warsaw is a much smaller city than New York. What about, okay, I said, fine, how about Tokyo? How about Shanghai? Uh, I spent time in both those cities. I lived in Shanghai for two years, took the metro to work every day or took the bus uh, when I had a different apartment. You know, I, I never had issues like that. Um, you know, do we have homeless people on the, on, in public transit in, in Shanghai? Sure. Like you get beggars, you get people coming up um, asking you for, uh, for money. You know, that happens. Sometimes they have kids. And um, I would give food. You know, if I had some extra food on me or something like that, but no, we, you know, you know, we never had anything like the just pure insanity that you're seeing out of these New York videos, nothing like that. There's no such thing. And so to say that, oh, you know, what was City Khan's famous quote, part and parcel living in a big city? No, actually it's not. There are actually countries, civilized countries, where in Poland, for example, the second, second safest country in the world for women is Poland. There are countries that take public safety and security seriously. It's called having respect for your people and respect for your civilization. We just talked about that recently when I was talking about the uh, illegal worker situation, bringing in these foreign migrants constantly to take the jobs of American citizens and American workers. And it's the same thing. If you have respect for the people of your country, then your country will do better. It will perform better. It will be safer. And eventually you will get two things. You have economic prosperity, but also stability. You will have that stability. And we see this in Japan, of course. Tokyo is one of the largest cities in the, on the face of the planet, but it's also consistently ranked as the safest city on the face of the planet. So the question is, are we going to be serious? And I've seen Elon Musk even talking about this now more so, where America doesn't ha necessarily have a homelessness problem because there's plenty of housing in America. What we have is a mental health crisis. And the fact of the matter is there are people that would be better off kept away from the rest of society. And that means institutionalization. It doesn't mean you, you, you throw them into like one floor of the cuckoo's nest. And I hate that movie because of the effect it had on America. And people on both sides got this wrong. You need to take care of people. You need to be compassionate. You need to give them the care they need, the medical help they need. But at the same time, from the position of a public safety standpoint, they need to be kept away from the rest of the country. You should not just be, but in, instead in the United States, what we do is we simply hand out pharmaceuticals and SSRIs and antidepressants and antipsychotics like they're candy, like a kid at the candy shop. Big Pharma loves this. The insurance companies love this. So they go, you just hand people those in a bottle and assume they're going to get them and then send them back out into the rest of society. That's what we do. And we wonder why the country is so messed up. Ladies and gentlemen, we know it's getting crazy out there. The world is nuts. But that is why you can take steps to ensure yourself and ensure your family. With what? My Patriot Supply. Right now, there is a special deal, deal over at My Patriot Supply. My family is definitely taking advantage of this. That it is a on the three-month emergency food kit, which lasts for up to 25 years in storage, you get the kit, and right now it's coming with a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over 200 US dollars completely for free when you go to mypatriotsupply.com. If you want the peace of mind of knowing that when disaster hits, your family will have food, the basic essentials for life. The other thing that I always talk about when we do My Patriot Supply, get one of these kits Throw it in the back of your trunk, throw it in your wife's trunk, just have it there. Get them for your kids, for your grandkids if they drive. That way, if something happens to the car, especially if you're on a long drive, you're on a road trip, whatever it is, 
you'll you will be able to eat you'll have something to eat and especially like we got two little kids you can give some food to them while you're waiting for AAA or the tow truck or whatever it is to get there. It just makes sense. And you always have that peace of mind of knowing that when disaster strikes, you and your family will be able to eat. MyPatriotSupply.com. After 29 years working in polling stations, this should have been Joe's 30th, but he resigned ahead of these elections in protest at the new voter ID rules. Working on this polling station, you tend to get to know the voters, you know who's coming in and out from year to year. Um, it would be very difficult for anybody to impersonate somebody else's vote. In Nottingham's Heysen Green, some people were being turned away today, like Perna. You had your ID, but you're going to have to go back and get yours. Yeah, I don't have a uni. I need ID, but um, I don't have a home, but I'm not being here. Lal and his wife were also turned away. I have my ID, your passport, but uh, he didn't accept. So I bring it uh, original one. Because you had it on your phone, but they yeah, said you needed... IPhone, yeah, yeah. But you need a paper copy. Paper copy, yeah. But ten minutes later, they were back and eager to vote. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I had to show ID. Oh, no, it was the worst thing in the world. And and then... After, I'm sorry, it's British. She's British. And then... And then he came to me and he said, I had to show ID. I had to show some form of identification in order to be able to vote in, in these primary elections. And it just... It just, it hurt me so much. What was I going to do? Just, what does he expect me to just have my ID just, just hanging out in my wallet? Just, just here in my pocket all, at all times? How could, how could you expect people to live in, this is basically Nazi Germany, to, to allow people to have to have their IDs in their pockets and expect them to be shown? When asked for proper form of identification for exercising in a sovereign procedure in an election, I was like, it's unfathomable. It's utterly unfathomable. Flammable, 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 unflammable. It's completely unflammable. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They wouldn't accept the ID that was on your phone. Yeah, because you're not allowed to show ID on your phone. And the other guy couldn't even speak English. Okay, no, it's a real ID. It's a real system. And according to the national polls, listen to this, England introduced nationwide IDs this week. But apparently, there were no reports of widespread denial of voting by recently implemented voter ID requirements in England's local elections this week, despite left-wing scaremongering. In fact, even in that liberal media report that we just watched, it said that the guys came back 10 minutes later because they stopped breaking the law and showed their ID. Let's go back to the national pulse. What does it say? The decision to introduce voter ID laws followed the practice of an increasing majority of developed nations. Before Britain introduced voter ID, it was the only nation in Europe that did not have any requirements upon entering the voting booth. Prior to the election on Thursday, May 4th, far-left organizations warned of millions of voters being disenfranchised by the move to secure Britain's elections. <laughs> it doesn't matter how long the government tries to dress it up. These plans make it harder for working-class, older, black, Asian, and minority ethnic Britons to vote, said the Labour Party's Cat Smith. 
As of Thursday night, however, the goalposts had shifted significantly, with the leftist electoral reform society's Jess Garland claiming, One voter turned away is one voter too many. The government must take lessons from the problems we're seeing today at polling stations across the country and face up to the fact that these new rules damage our elections more than they protect them. But by and large, there don't appear to have been problems across the country. In fact, the few people who reported for, or reported forgetting to bring ID uh, <laughs> uh, brought them back just a few minutes later. And then, of course, we, uh, we talked about the people who came back just 10 minutes later. The ousted left-wing member of parliament, Tom Brake, Tom Brake, <laughs> I guess the brakes are out, Tom, claimed in a press release to Legacy Media that thousands had been denied their right to vote though failed to cite any sources reflecting this, even though, against a backdrop of millions of votes cast, the number of people turned away for refusing to bring valid identification to the polling booth is unlikely to work to exceed the usual number of rejected or spoiled ballots commonly experienced in elections. Even the far-left byline times could only muster up claims of a few dozen people to undergird their claims of mass disenfranchisement. Peter Staten, the chief executive of the Association of Electoral Administrators, actually confirmed to The Guardian that there were no reported incidents of major concern. He said, um, he said, yeah, I've been to a couple of polling stations today, and it's going through all very smoothly. There were two voters who had forgotten their ID, but were coming back later, and that's the only two they were aware of. Everyone else is coming to the station with ID ready to show staff. There's no major issues that we're aware of at this time. There are 22 forms of valid ID that met the eligibility criteria. If someone did not pass one of those 20, possess one of those 22, they could apply for a free voter authority certificate or even send a postal vote, so a mail-in ballot. And constantly, they were, we were told again and again, this is going to affect, uh, this is going to affect uh, minorities, it's going to affect the elderly. It's just, it's just pure race baiting. Pure, pure, pure race baiting. Uh, Shazad Khan, a labor voter, told the Financial Times that the consensus among Britain, British voters was that it's better because obviously then there can't be any dodgy votes or anything like that. Well, that's the question, isn't it? So the issue for us here in the United States or there in the United States, since I'm not currently in the United States, but as I say, for the United States is why do we want to continue to have unsecure elections? And this is the issue. now. I'm very clear about this. In states where conservatives have a majority, you must push for every election integrity law you possibly can. Voter ID, banning universal mail-in ballots, banning drop boxes. But here's the other issue. If you are in a state that does not have a conservative majority, then that means conservatives must embrace mail-in ballots, must embrace early ballots, and drop boxes everywhere. I, I specifically say they should be in the back of every church that you can find, every single church. And this is very simple. Churches have been a staple of American voting and the American voting system since there has been a United States of America. Please try and sue us, libs, for putting, for putting drop boxes in the back of churches. Churches have literally been <laughs> a voting center in the U.S., for hundreds of years. So try it, literally try it. And I'm sorry, but people wanna whine, people wanna complain, but you know what else you have to do? You gotta win. Eventually you have to win. And that means doing what needs to be done. So we're talking about these situations. And then eventually, if that happens, then you can enact 
the laws that you want. But until then, you have to play ball with the system as is. It's as simple as that. And for those people who say, well, I want to lose and I want to lose with honor, dignity, you know what? You're still a loser. And at the end of the day, if you're a loser, you're going to lose. Winners win and losers lose. And that's how it ends. And so if you're going to sit there and cry and cry and cry and whine and whine and whine, the rest of us will be sitting in the winner's circle, not listening to you. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay short.